It was a fall day a lot like this one, when we all climbed into the van and headed out. It was the full staff from my previous congregation. We were en route to a memorial service for the former minister of our church. The minister had retired after a long time of service with us. She had done incredible ministry there. She had stood up for kids and teenagers, developed amazing programs, had been with families and elders with her presence and her words. She had been there for colleagues, guiding them gently and firmly into the ministry. She had touched so many lives with her ministry. And she had struggled, too, with times of sobriety and not sobriety. There were things said and done over the years that had hurt There were secrets kept and lies told when she left, and many were confused and concerned. After her retirement from our congregation, there was sadness and anger. That minister never set foot in the church again, and as we watched from afar, we knew that she continued to struggle. So when the word finally came to us that she had died from the disease of alcoholism, ultimately bleeding to death from the damage in her esophagus, We were sad, but we weren't all that surprised. Planning the memorial service was complicated. This person had impacted many, many lives. She had done a tremendous amount of good. There were congregants and colleagues who knew and loved her. There were family members who were both close and estranged, all with their own experiences and needs as we grieved. Ultimately, the service was held at a different church. Friends and congregants came forward that day, sharing stories of kindness and compassion, of this woman's humor and directness, of the lasting impact that she had had on their lives. Colleagues came forward, too, and shared their stories, and one finally named the elephant in the room, that their friend had struggled with alcoholism, that she bore the burden of an illness that had compromised the core of who she was. And lastly, her son came forward. Anyone who knew the deceased took a deep breath as he walked toward the microphone. We knew that he and his mother hadn't spoken in years, and when he finally arrived at the pulpit and spoke, he said something like this. He said, it's been good to hear all of your stories to hear who my mother was for you, the good that she did in the world, the person she was for you. But I have to tell you, she wasn't that person for me. He went on to talk for what felt like hours. I'm sure it was really only 10 minutes or so. But he shared story after story of disappointment and hurt, of lies told as the result of her alcoholism. And when he finally sat down, the room was completely quiet. My colleague, who was leading the service, got up and moved to the pulpit, and he said simply, you know, my wife is one of 12 children, and each one of them had a different mother. He sat down, and the music started, and we knew what he meant, that who we are is different with different people. In our behavior, in others' perceptions of us, and that every one of those stories that we had heard, that every version of who we are is true. We are different with different people. 
in our behavior and in their perceptions of us and every one of the stories we had heard. Every version of who we are is true. We are complicated, complex, messy, beautiful, broken people. The truth is complicated. We are different with different people in what we do and how people experience us. The truth is complicated, but it is also crucial. The truth is crucial. It is the foundation. It is our foundational building block when we try to change ourselves and change this world. The truth is essential in living a spiritual life. We live in a sea of lies. We live in this sea of lies, all of us. Lies about who is valuable in our world and who is not. Lies about what has happened in our history and what hasn't. Lies about what we should lift up or what we should squash. Lies about whether or not we have enough as a people, as a world to share. Whether our planet can withstand the pressures we are putting on it. There are lies everywhere, in our homes, in our hearts. Some of them are just put on us by the environment we live in. Some of them we employ ourselves. Lies that are there trying to push away fear or pain, things like denial, shame, guilt, wishful thinking. We live in a sea of lies. And the truth, this elusive, hard-to-find, hard-to-speak thing is essential to our spiritual lives and to the transformation of our world. It is our starting point, our sure hope, our source to build on, but knowing the truth and speaking it is not an easy thing. Tell me the truth about the stock in trade. Tell me the truth about the stock in trade. This is what a good friend of mine says when we sit down to talk seriously. Tell me what's real. Tell me the truth. Without fear or judgment, without shame or guilt, without some over or undersized opinion of yourself. Tell me the truth about what is really there in you and what is missing. Tell me the truth about the stock in trade. These conversations often come when I am feeling uncomfortable, when something inside of me or outside of me is causing some irritation, when I'm feeling off balance, when I'm angry or sad or just plain bugged. I know it's time for one of these conversations when my reaction is way out of proportion to the events that are right in front of me. And in those moments, my friend and I, we commit to courage in our conversations with each other in asking and answering the tough and open questions. And we commit to loving one another too. No matter what we discover about ourselves or each other, no matter what we hear. Tell me the truth about the stock in trade. These conversations that my friend and I have, I think they contain all that we need when we are doing a spiritual inventory. These conversations contain love and courage and good company. And they lead me, inevitably, to a deeper truth, to a source of hope, a starting point, a foundation to build on in my spiritual life, in my part of changing this world. Courage, love, and company. These are the things I believe we need for this journey toward the truth when so often we swim in a sea of lies. 
There are all kinds of ways to take an inventory, to go on a quest for the truth about the stock in trade. There are the things we do every day, the gratitude lists we make, the nighttime reviews that lead us to a deeper understanding or an on-the-spot correction of ourself. And there are the weekly and monthly practices we engage in. Some of us do it here in the circles that we're a part of at church where we speak the truth, where we listen to others. Maybe it happens at a family gathering in a 12-step group. Maybe it happens between us and a therapist or a spiritual director. Maybe a dear friend with whom we can ask and answer these tough, open questions. And then there are moments Opportunities for spiritual inventory, for going on a quest for the truth that come whether we asked for it or not. They are the big moments for us in our lives, I think. Moments when a relationship is beginning or ending or changing shape. Moments when we are welcoming a new member to our family. Moments when we get a diagnosis or finally accept an illness or an addiction. Maybe it's an awareness of our limited days. Something happens, changes our understanding of ourself or of the world around us or maybe of the lies we've been told. Something cracks open, and there's an opportunity there for one of those big spiritual inventories, those big quests for the truth. If we want to dig in in those moments, those moments where that same friend of mine says, oh, aren't you lucky, honestly. She says, oh, aren't you lucky? This is where the gold is. Here in the muck, this is right where it is. And I think I will kick you in the shins before the end of this conversation. (laughs) But she says it. This is where the gold is, right in the middle of the muck. When I go on this journey, when we go on this journey toward the truth, we need courage, we need love, we need good, good company. Courage is one of those things that only we can bring to the table. No one else can create the clearing in our lives for us. We must bring our courage and our willingness. But I think it is so much easier to bring that courage when we have love as well. Our universalist ancestors preached a primary message, the idea of a God whose love is big enough to hold us all, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've not done or thought or said, no matter who we are, no one is outside the circle of that love. Now, we may disagree now about what the word God means or the universe or all of that, but we believe here in the power of love in the fact that none of us and no one is outside the circle of that love that tells us we are good enough exactly as we are and that draws us to something more. This love provides an unshakable foundation on our quest for truth because whatever we find, we can greet with curiosity. We are not about to be damned or shamed for whatever we find out about ourselves or each other. It is Just information, just information about the stock in trade. Now, courage and love can take us a long way, but I think we need good company on this journey too. This quest for the truth, it's not something I care to go on on my own, though it does mean I don't have to share those secrets sometimes. But traveling alone can be treacherous. Maybe you've heard Anne Lamott's famous quote. It's one of my favorites, this author. She says, how do you know when you have created God in your own image? 
when he hates all the same people that you do. <laughs> I think that is the trouble of traveling alone. <laughs> you see what you want to see. You miss the full view. We can't travel alone on this journey. Last weekend, I attended with many of you a, a solidarity training for white folks doing racial justice work. It was an important experience for me personally, and I think also for me as I walk with our congregation on this racial justice journey we're on. One of the trainers that day, somebody who has had dozens of years of experience and training and has worked to increase her own self-awareness and to see through the sea of lies that we live in, she said something like this that's been really sticking with me. She said, it has been hard, really hard for me to come to accept that even with all of my good intentions, with all of my study and learning, that with all of my awareness and hyper-awareness about race and racism and whiteness and white privilege, I still fall back into the sea of lies that we all swim in and find myself contributing to the status quo. I've come to realize, she said, that as a white person, I can only trust myself to be contributing to greater understanding and awareness 75% of the time. And 25% of the time, I'm part of the problem. The trick, she said, is not to treat this information with shame or guilt or even self-criticism, but instead to treat it with curiosity as information about the stock in trade. It's a way, she said, that I can trust I will always have room to grow and that the information will be right there in front of me. I've been thinking about this as the 75-25 rule after last weekend. It's a rule that helps me to remember that 75% of the time, maybe doing pretty good. 25% of the time, room to grow. I think that's a pretty generous assessment of ourselves sometimes, and I think it's a good rule, not just for our racial justice learnings and journey, but for our spiritual inventories and spiritual life as well. It's not a rule I'm particularly happy to hear about, you know, as a perfectionist, 75-25. I'd like to push that along a little ways, but it is the complicated and complex and messy truth of being alive. The Unitarian Universalist process theologian Bernard Loomer used to ask his small groups at church a small question at the end of their meetings. He would say, what is the size of your soul? What is the size of your soul? He would ask and he would answer. He would say, I mean the volume of life you can take into your being and still maintain your integrity and individuality the intensity and variety of outlook you can entertain in the unity of your being without feeling defensive or insecure. I mean the strength of your spirit to encourage others to become freer in their development, in the development of their own diversity and uniqueness. I mean the power to sustain more complex and enriching tensions. What is the size of our soul? How much truth can we hold? How much truth about our messy and complicated and complex selves and worlds? This truth we seek is complicated. It is not simple or easy. It doesn't provide one clear direction to travel. And yet the truth that we uncover is our hope, our source of hope on this journey of transforming ourselves and our world.
Come, let's search for this truth together with courage and love and very good company.